0: Good morning. It's good to be here. I want to greet each one in the name of our Lord. As was mentioned last Sunday, this is going to be on um, the next section in our faith and practice. Um, It was referred to, I think, as our section on technology, but as I got thinking about it, technology covers a lot of things that we aren't going to cover in this section. We're not going to cover cars and machines and things that we use like that. So not putting anybody down that mentioned technology, I even called it that. But uh, media um, really is what we're gonna be looking at. Media comes to us through technology. So it's the media is the issue, not the technology. Um, I could have taken this in a number of different directions but I wanted to hopefully challenge each one of us to think about the media that we allow into our lives. I think that this can be even as difficult as maybe some of the other sections that we went through in our faith and practice, and some of the disagreement we had as brothers and sisters in exactly how to set our guidelines, this one can be just as difficult or even more so because there's no Bible verse you can go to and say, Yes, you're allowed to have computers. No, you're not allowed to have computers. Yes, you can have smartphones. No, you can't have smartphones. So how do we, as a church, navigate the media that's put before us? In the past, it was easier to avoid it. Even when I was a small boy, There was very little media in my life. It was fairly easy for my parents to keep media out of my life. Now it is extremely difficult as parents to keep media out of your children's lives. I mean, I was just thinking about yesterday. I went and fueled up my vehicle yesterday at a gas station. And while I'm fueling up my vehicle, the gas stations I frequent are bombarding me with television. And yesterday I was just not in the mood to hear it. And I got back in my vehicle and tried to ignore I don't know how many other of you. But we're bombarded. You go through airports and you're bombarded with television screens and entertainment and opinions on culture and opinions on what's going on around us. So that's why I wanted to call this message Media in the Life of a Christian. I don't think it's possible as believers to not have media in our life. Because of the world we live in. Unless you're going to move to a remote place in the world and live off the grid, it's impossible to not have some media in your life. But on the other hand, does that mean we have to allow every form of media into our life that's available? So it's finding that balance. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. All week I was trying to think what passage best sums up what we are dealing with with media and there's there's a number of them you could go to but the one I've settled on yesterday was Ephesians chapter 5 and I'd like to begin at verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. A lot of what comes through media today is unclean, or what's available through media is unclean. A lot of what social media leads to is covetousness if we're not careful. Someone showing off their latest gadget or their house or their family or whatever it is, and it's easy to be drawn into coveting what looks like a perfect world, a perfect life in someone else. But there's also fornication, immorality at your fingertips with media today. How do we avoid that? I don't believe, I mean, Paul had no idea what we would be living with in 2020 as far as media. But yet, I don't think there's anything really new under the sun when it comes to the temptations that Satan puts forward. There were probably temptations that Paul dealt with walking down the street in some of the cities that he was a missionary to that are very similar to what we see in the media. It's just that it was easier to avoid it back then. But God's not surprised by what we deal with today. And so I believe... For us to say, well, there's just nothing we can do. There's no way for us to be as pure and faithful as Christians in the past. I I don't believe that's true. God's not surprised by what we're dealing with. And I believe he is strong enough to help us find a way through dealing with what we have and finding solutions to it. Picking up verse 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. How much foolish talking happens through social media? How much jesting? Even dirty jokes, filthy talking? But rather the giving of thanks for those who are friends on social media with believers, it also does give us opportunity for positive things, of, of encouraging one another. And so it's not just the bad, there is good. Verse 5, For this you know, where no warmonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. There are times where we do need to remove a form of media in our life to take a stand against something because it just does not help us. It's not edifying to us as believers. Um, I'm sorry, a lot of what we're going to be talking to will make sense to those 40 and under, and a lot of what I say may not make sense to you older ones, and I apologize for that. But it's a reality. Um, It just is, for those that are younger. But one one of the ways I believe that we can... Be wise is when it comes to social media, if we find that someone we befriended just puts a lot of things on there that aren't healthy for us as believers, there are ways for us to block that so we don't have to see it. And yet we can still try to be there as an encouragement to them, even if we just don't want to see. I I had to think of someone I used to work with Um, sent me a friend request and I wanted to be friendly and show him Christ's love through my walk but he would just put foul language and dirty things and filthy things on. he would share those things on his page and so I had to just block what came from him to me there are ways to work through those things but to just ignore and think that well it's just out there we got to learn to deal with it how do we navigate that I'm not saying I have all the answers this morning as I teach this understand there are things that I probably need to work on and, and grow in also but a lot of things are available today on our smartphones Um, there's TV shows, video games, and much more available at my fingertips on my phone if I choose. Um, a lot of the the, the things that can be struggles for people, people flirt and their affairs started on social media. So is there any good thing on a smartphone? Yes, there are good things. Um... On my phone, I have a Bible app, a calendar app, a calculator app, an alarm clock app that help me in my daily life, help me to do good things, not bad things. I have a few game apps on my phone. And there's news apps. And those are ones that aren't necessarily bad, but if they consume too much of our time, they can become bad. A few months ago, or last summer, I should say it's been more than a few months last summer, there was a period of time i can 't remember how many months it was where I actually deleted deleted my Facebook app off my phone for a while. I was just getting too drawn into what was going on, and I found it easiest at that point just to take it off my phone it's not that I walked away from Facebook and never looked at it, but I had to get it farther away from my daily life. And there's times where we need to do those things. Turning off notifications is another way. But when we're dealing with the media, the the media that's available to us, there can be a great struggle. Um, I was thinking of the things that are extremely destructive that are available through the media um, on our phones um, through the internet, whether it's on a desktop or whatever, but pornography has an extreme de- and it's destructive to our spiritual life. Um, also could be video games. Uh, there's violent video games that people get drawn into. There's even non-violent video games. Um, recently, I found out that a coworker. Spends at least, he said, at least 20 hours a week playing this flying video game, like a flight simulator type video game, where it seemed like it got into other... I'm not into the latest. I'm getting old. I'm 40. I'm getting old. I'm up on the latest games. But they were beyond just flying around flight simulators of airplanes in this world, but you were flying galactic spaceships. And But he spends more than 20 hours a week consumed with this video game. Even if it's not violent, I don't believe that's healthy for a believer to be that caught up in something. So how do we control it? Some churches in the past tried to ban computers. Um... How did that go for them? Are they still banning computers today? As far as I know, very few are. Then they tried to say, well, you can have a computer, but you can't have the internet. How did that go for them? Today, most of them have the internet. In reality, it often works like it does for the Amish. And I'm not picking on the Amish, but let me, I want to use an example. The way they, they ban vehicles, cars, and trucks, but yet they, almost every Amishman in America has no issue with hiring a driver to take them where they need to go. And it seems hypocritical. But the same can be true. Let's say you say, well, I'm not going to have, I'm not, we're going to ban the internet. But then we're all going around using other people outside of our church's internet. We really haven't found a solution, I don't believe, to dealing with how to deal with media. It seems simple, just ban the internet, right? But it's so so much a part of our working lives. So I'd like to ask you, how many of you that have full-time jobs use a computer on a daily basis? How many of you would still have a job if you couldn't use a computer? So let's just think it through for a second. <laughs> Half a hand up here. So it makes it difficult, doesn't it, And how to deal with the media. You can't just completely avoid it and that's why I go back to that's why I believe we have to find a way to navigate through media not ban it not completely avoid it it's impossible for us to completely avoid media and technology around us does this mean that we have to accept every form of technology into our homes and I believe the answer is no um One of the things that most people my age in America grew up with in their home was a Nintendo video game player. Were there good games? Yes, but the majority were violent and very addictive. Um, But it was fairly easy for my parents to just not buy a Nintendo video player. But today, any of you that have a phone, have video games on the phone. It's just it comes with it. It's accessible to our children. We're living in different times. Another thing that my parents were able to protect me from was not having a television in our home. We did borrow a VCR from time to time but I, I didn't have daily hourly access to that junk coming over the airwaves. But today any of you that carry a smartphone with a click on an app or logging into an account, have access to way more than what was available in the 90s on television. So it becomes more difficult to know how to to navigate media. I'd like to continue on with Ephesians there. Read verses 11 through 21. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of these things, which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Much of what comes through media today is not biblical. It's sin, it's against God's word. But yet, many people who claim to be Christians will just readily just take that in on a daily basis. The entertainment, the media. Somehow, as long as they're not doing it physically, they think it's okay. And we have to be careful. Just because we're not actively doing it, It talks about here, you know, observing or talking about or hearing things that others are doing, that's sin. But as long as we don't do it, it's okay. Does that make it right? I don't think so. So verse 12 talks about it's a shame to even talk about it. I believe the entertainment, the games, the whatever kind of media that sucks you in and draws you in it talks about here being asleep and I believe it's a spiritual sleep that they aren't even aware of the dangers that are around them and it can happen to any of us that the media we're taking in is causing us to fall asleep spiritually there are many who claim to be Christians who are taking this in and yet I believe it's putting them to sleep spiritually that they're unable, they might say well I read God's word, I go to church but because of what they're taking in during the week I believe their ears are closed to truly hear what God has to say I believe that social media, entertainment media, all of that can be just as addicting as alcohol, here it was talking about how alcohol would take over a person's life, and media can do just the same thing. I've been really picking on media and talking about the bad things, but I did want to take a short time and talk about the good things. Um, Those who have served as missionaries in the past know that social media provides a way to stay in contact with those people even though you've moved back home. Those of you who are serving as missionaries on the field know that social media provides a way to stay in what feels like relatively close contact with family thousands of miles away. Those are good things that media has brought. Today, even those of you who have grown up in this community who have always been here probably have family members that live hours, tens of hours away, and yet you can stay feeling like you still communicate with them, either through texting, emails, video chats, whatever it is. In 2020, we met for for seven weeks, we couldn't meet, and we were still able to receive the preaching of the word through media. We can encourage brothers and sisters in the church with emails and texts. I enjoy listening to good music on on YouTube and other music or other video apps. I listen to podcasts and teaching through the Internet. So just, just, just as there's potential for bad, there's potential for good. So how do we ensure that we can take in the one but, not, but avoid the other? How can we be faithful in that? Unfortunately, like I mentioned earlier, there's not a Bible verse where we can go to and it says, yes, you do this and don't do that. Yes, you can have flip phones, but you can't have smartphones. You know, whatever. Whatever some churches have tried to draw the line at. One thing I observed as a teenager that sometimes forbidding a technology sometimes has the opposite effect than what is desired. There was a youth group in our community here. That I knew people in that youth group, they had some contact with our youth group, but their church forbade any kind of television, and Salem allowed television. Not that most had it, but it was allowed. And yet I observed that the youth the majority, it seemed it felt like the majority of that youth group were way more knowledgeable in the latest movies and entertainment than those at Salem. So the youth had found a way around the rules. And so rules alone will not take care of the technology. Putting accountability apps on our phones, on our computers, can help us, especially if we struggle in certain areas. But that alone will not completely avoid the temptation for people. There's ways around it. So, we need to teach principles and the reasons why we should avoid what we use. I had to think back over, you know, when we're thinking about how do we set guidelines, when radios, so, when I, when, when, before I was around, the 60s, 50s, 60s, you could just not buy a car, you could buy a car without a radio. You could not put a radio or a television in your home. It was fairly easy to avoid media. But then they started putting radios in vehicles standard. So churches told their members you have to pull them out. But then they started integrating tape players into those radios, and what do you do? There's good tapes. So I remember as a young boy, there were churches that would require you to take your antennas off your vehicles that you couldn't pull in radio stations. But I would observe boys who would find ways to get circumvent that. I don't know if any of you that are older remember. Um, you could stick, a, you could kind of bend up a, a clothes hanger and stick it in the hole and you could try to make it work. There were ways to circumvent it. But then it became just about impossible to remove. Nowadays, antennas are integrated right into the vehicle, into the body. But they tried to find ways, but each time it became something came more difficult. Now looking at a different technology, our phones, how do we deal with that? I believe I was one of the first Salem efforts to have a personal cell phone that could fit in the pocket. So that tells, me, tells you how old or young I am, I guess, depends which side of you I, you are, but when I got that phone, the only thing I could do with it was call. I had a a 30-minute-a-month plan. How many of you could stay under 30 minutes in a day? So things changed. That phone seemed harmless, seemed innocuous, technology. But then in the late 90s, they started putting games on cell phones. But don't worry, it wasn't violent. It was a line and a dot. For those of you who remember, Snake. Snake. But yet it started consuming time. I remember that came out, or at least the first phone I had on was when I was serving as a V.S.R. in Guatemala. And it was amazing how many hours young men could waste playing that simple little game. Then along came texting. I'm not exactly sure which year. And once again, it seemed harmless. No pictures, no videos could be sent. there were no internet or apps at that time and Salem did not take a stand on it at all and now I sound like I'm being critical like I say we should have taken a stand I'm not saying that, hear hear me out we didn't take a stand on it, I'm not sure where we would have churches that tried to, like I mentioned earlier have seemed to fail at each step when they tried to take a stand on technology then technology changed and People found a way around it. But yet we still need to try to hold a line. We still need to try to set up standards that help our members to find a way to be pure in their lives, in their personal lives, to remain holy. And so how do we find a way through that? I'm going to read just through quickly The uh, current standard statement on media technology says, Radio and television, because of the subtle evils of television programming, only a small percentage is significantly educational. The use of firearms, illegal love, violence, murders, drinking, the tendency towards nudity, and general patterns of sub-Christian society compose the atmosphere of which children and adults are subjected to when they access television We earnestly urge our members to refrain from selling, possessing, or using television. Then it gives a number of verses, and I'm going to go through those here in a bit. But then it goes on. Furthermore, we recognize that many of the programs on the radio are likewise of an evil nature and not conducive to holiness. Also, that many religious programs are dangerous because they proclaim only a partial gospel, omitting important doctrines of the Bible. Therefore, let us take heed how we use them. And in those verses following that... I won't read this morning, but they are dealing with false teachers and deceivers, and that i, I don't don't get too caught up in like saying, well, like thinking that we're just going to take this and just tweak it. I'm guessing it will radically reword a lot of these things because things have changed. technology has changed, but at the same time, some of the same principles apply as were mentioned here, even though technology changes media changes, God's word does not. Just because technology changes, Satan still works in the same ways in trying to lead us away from God and deceive us. Just as it talks about there being radio programs that were deceptive and dangerous, today I mentioned that I like to listen to podcasts and preaching videos on online, but you have to be discerning. There are many out there that are False teachers also. So now I'm going to go through and read the verses that are found there after the radio and television section. Whether therefore, First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you and our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own balls. Now for recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. I thought this was a good passage when we think of dealing with media. For one is, can you mix darkness with light? If we're consuming media that is darkness, it's sin, it's encouraging sin, can we truly be walking in the light if that's what we're taking in through our eyes and ears? Also, are we in league, are we in, in relationships with people online who are not believers? Doesn't mean we can't witness to people through that, but if that's who we're spending the majority of our time with, it will draw us away from God. Then Second um, Corinthians 10, verses 3-5. to 5, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds through God or to God, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As we allow media into our lives, as we use media, are we consuming it because it's pleasing the flesh? Talks about pulling down strongholds. Media can have a strong hold on our lives Are we allowing that or are we walking after God and after warring against the flesh and not giving in? It says every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Much of what's available in the media today is against God. Whether it's teaching a false God, which there's much of that today, or denying who he is, existence, and leading us to a very pagan worldview. 1 John two, fifteen through 17 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I hope our goal as a church is to strive to find ways through our statement of faith and practice to cover things in a general enough way that even as technology changes, and if it changes as quickly in the next 10 years as it has in the last 10 that it will still apply. We won't have to keep going back and rewriting it. But at the same time, will help to challenge us to be faithful to God and pure and righteous. I want to close the message with Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Lord bless you.